Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. My dog is snoring his little face off in the corner. And it's so funny with dogs because they really don't help with anything. Like they don't help with it. And yet they're so tired and they sometimes seem stressed out. And I'm like, you have nothing to worry about. Well... Sometimes I think that other times I'm like, maybe you're just seeing things that we don't see as many people know. And many people don't. There was a ghost in the house I grew up in. She was a woman who wore Victorian era clothing. I don't know. Like that's that's as far as we know about her. But the dogs did always see her and their hair did rise up at the sight of her. So that's when I learned dogs are seeing things I don't see at all times. And so even though in my house growing up, it was kind of a constant chorus of like, hey, stop barking. Hey, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It's like, was there nothing there? Or were the dogs like, okay, so you're saying there's nothing there. And yet I saw a shadow and there was nothing where the shadow for the shadow to be reflected. So right. I'm not seeing where you're correct in saying there's nothing to be barking at right now. Like, I think they're actually on a higher plane. I think you're right about that. The Victoria era clothing reminds me of a time years ago when... When you were in the Victorian era and you wore roughly collars? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go to a past life quickly and okay. um, talk about that. No, I was in the Berkshires for a film shoot and the whole crew was staying at this hotel I described it as the kind of hotel where if we had left and told people we had stayed there, I could totally imagine someone being like, that place burned down 30 years ago. Like, it was very spooky looking and we were the only people there. You could see them being like, wait, you're Bruce Willis and you're dead. (laughs) So and you're like, wait, I'm bald. Oh, my (laughs) God. Oh, my God. So we asked the receptionist are there any ghosts here? And he said, no. And then he paused and said, well, there has been one sighting of a child in Victoria. There it is. There it is. And Linda Cardellini was with us. And for a a hot second, we thought, because she was the one who told us about the ghost. And so we were very scared. And we thought about hiring a child actor to dress in Victoria era clothing and wait for her in her room but then we thought that that no that that could be traumatizing that's scary that's over the top children ghosts are actually the most terrifying uh, idea possible this woman that is a friend of my mom's told us this story about this haunted apartment in la that was on her block and she once a year approximately she would see a family move in and then they would move out because of the haunting 
No. And the one story that she told us shakes me to my core, even when I think about it right now, which is that they, this family that this person who lived there, who she, she went up to when he was in his moving truck, told her the story. He came home. There was a layer of what looked like soot or ash or dust, like a grayish substance all over the floor and walls when he comes home. Nope. Nope. And what happens? A little gust of wind occurs. Blows the dust. It kind of like ripples across the floor and leaves the outline of a baby rattle. Are you screaming? Are you crying? Because that is what I would be doing if I saw the outline of a baby rattle in dust. I'm trying to think of what the outline of a baby rattle look like. <laughs> well, it's sinister. I'll tell you that. We're going to bring on our guest a little early today because I know she's going to have some thoughts on our first topic of discussion, which is the Bachelor in Paradise finale. I know we're a little late, but we're going to make it worth it with the quality of our commentary, not the timing of our commentary. So our guest today is a friend of mine, a friend crush of Carolina's. She's a writer, creator, dog mom, and her name is Jeannie Bergen. Welcome, Jeannie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thanks Welcome. for being here. I'm so excited to have you here. I met Jeannie at work for the listeners who don't know. Um, I got a friend crush on her because she's so funny and insightful and just emanates empathy and also has like the most cynical, dark sense of humor, which is such a good combo. Like <laughs> just like a really kind, caring person who also laughs at the most fucked up stuff that I could ever imagine coming out of <laughs> That's someone's very mouth. You, Devin. I, I, I think that you are very similar. Really? Yes. Thanks. All right. Let's talk about me, actually, instead. No. Um, so one of the first We're going to interview Devin today. <laughs> so anyway, um, more about my past with the ghosts in my house. Okay. So I cyberstalked Jeannie, obviously, because we work together. And I was like, wait, what's her life like? Like, what, she, what does she do on the weekends? What is she into? And then I found that she had this Instagram account called A Year Without Men obviously I'm intrigued. Obviously I'm dying to find out more. And now I finally have my opportunity to ask you about your life, Jeannie. Thank you. Yeah. My but, little, my little year without men. It's like, I only have like 200 followers or something, which is kind of fine because I feel like I divulge so much that I'm like, I just want to keep it small. Yeah. <laughs> it's know? very, it's very vulnerable, which I love. Yeah. It's also like beautifully written. Like I feel like it could be put into a book. Well, that's my plan, but you have to have like, whatever. We'll get into it later, I okay. guess. But like, yeah, that's my plan. I hope to read it on pages one day. But before we get into that year without men, we're going to talk about a beach full of men. Bachelor in Paradise, the finale. Thoughts, reactions. We had three engagements. Marissa and, and Riley, Henny and Mari, Joe and Serena. I'm just naming it out loud. Okay. What what were what were your thoughts, Jeannie, your first response, first ideas on watching this beautiful piece of television? My thought is that Marissa and Riley should have been prom king and prom queen. One thousand. They're the genuinely in love, wonderful people, it seems. Not to say that anyone else isn't, but like they just they are like the true. Like yes. I, that's not even a phrase, but like they are like the true couple of that show. And like Joe and Serena, super cute. You, Joe's like charming. Yes. But I feel like his chemistry with Serena, like I love that I'm saying this, like this is just people on TV. I haven't, I don't even know them or whatever, but like, I feel like Joe and Kendall have so much chemistry and right. I just don't see that with Joe and Serena. Like they're cute, but like who wouldn't be cute with Joe? That's who true. Wouldn't be cute? That's true. I love Joe and I can't even tell you how much I would throw myself at him if I was ever at a party <laughs> with him in like college or something. Like he is so my type. But what I'll say about Joe is that I feel like he's one of those guys who pretends he doesn't know how charming he is, but he knows how charming he is, which always makes me suspect. I don't really, I don't necessarily suspect him. I just think the idea of like, this 10 year age gap working in the, I don't know. It just seems Devin, like Devin, you really got to look in the mirror. Yeah. And I've been in 10 year age gaps and they didn't work. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think she's so young. Of, of course he's charming, but is he that like intellectually stimulating? I don't know. And I just feel like 
She seems like mature for her age. I just feel like eventually she's going to get to the point, speaking from personal experience, where you're sitting across the dinner table and you're like, there's nothing you can say that will be interesting to me. And so, like, let's just not talk. I don't know. I Okay, so I'm going to go back on everything I said by also saying that I... I'm at a point in my life where I'm a very easy crier and Mari and Kenny don't do, really do that much for me. Um, but Marissa and Riley uh, and Serena and Joe made me tear up a couple of times. And to go back to Marissa and Riley for a second, there's a point where Riley gives a stunningly beautiful monologue where he talks about how, you know, he they both want big families. They both want a blissful domestic life and, Riley says, you know, I, I have this fantasy about Sunday morning about letting my wife sleep in and going to make breakfast for my daughter and making whatever she wants and spoiling her. And then my wife will wake up and we'll all play together. Love. And then looks at her and says, when I look at you, I see Sunday morning. I have chills on I my body chills. right now. I know. Chills. And, also, and I love her reaction because she was like, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> she was like, OK, let's just go right now. Like, literally, let's go. I would have felt the same exact way. Also, I loved when the in a previous episode, when she talked to him about like him needing to open up and he talked about his family history, she was so like caring and gentle with him and being like, I, I see you and I see the struggles you've been through and I love you. They, like it just was such a lesson in like how to listen to someone I felt like and he clearly felt so safe with her to like open up and I just thought like normally those conversations on this show are like I need you to open up and the person's like okay I really like you and I see myself falling in love with you and they're like I'm so grateful that he opened up to me tonight but this was like a real conversation where he or they about- unload so much trauma like yeah Tasha on her season was like, I need you to open up to me. And this guy was like, okay, um, I was suicidal. And she was like, thank you so much for opening up to me. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, this is what I've been looking for from you. I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? I know. What did you guys think of Becca and Thomas breakup slash reunion on Instagram where they revealed they're actually still together? Thomas is quoting Grey's Anatomy in this episode. Wait, When? Okay, so first of all, I I don't even think it's quoting Grey's Anatomy when someone says, like, you're my person. Like, I feel like oh, that's become a part yes. of the general lexicon. Yes. Like, I, I think that, like, I'll, I would say that and forget that it had to do with Grey's Anatomy. But right. I for, right. And for, Shonda Rhimes is so much of a great American mind at this point that we'll be quoting her without realizing it. But <laughs> Thomas, at one point when he's, like, leaving and Becca runs after him, which is, like, such a great dramatic moment. Like, Tom running in her sarong across the beach and when she sees him he's like have faith in us choose us oh yeah fight for us be with us and i was even listening to becca's podcast later where tia was a guest I, i've been very very obsessed with the season and tia's like it kind of reminded me of gray's anatomy <laughs> yeah and I becca love didn't tia. say anything love tia she was the one that got away I just saw this post. I think it might have been reductress or something, but it was like, he's not hot. He's just tall. Right. <laughs> and I feel right. like I'm so sorry. Like Thomas is a good looking man, but also like, I feel like to go back to what you were saying about Joe, the intellectual stimulation, like I don't get Thomas. I don't get Kenny. Like, what are they bringing to the table? Nothing. I don't understand it. Like Thomas is very tall and I, I understand like, it feels so good to like be in a tall man's arms that I think you allow yourself to like erase yeah. how boring they are. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, I just want to be in their arms, you know? I totally know. And I did go on a few hinge dates with a six foot 10 person. And I did constantly ask myself that question of like, how much six of it? Six foot 10? Yes. All right. We've talked about this before. That's what I struggle most, most with on these shows is is anyone actually able to have an interesting conversation? Like, is anyone actually funny? Is anyone actually reading articles? Having opinion, <laughs> reading articles on the beach. Having They're like, you guys, are they going to pass the reconciliation bill? <laughs> Noah seemed a little more intellectual than the others. I thought my obsession with no- Noah has permeated my dreams. My he's permeated my unconscious. I had a dream about him last night. Final thoughts, anyone? Okay, I have so many final thoughts. First of all, Joe and Serena, I do get, I do see the chemistry sometimes. Like sometimes 
their, their conversation comes easy. Mari and Kenny, they actually both seem to be really into each other. Like the moment I go back to is uh, a few episodes ago when they got back together and she said, I would leave with you today, Rose or no Rose. And he said, me too. So I was like, there's obviously something there because they are willing to go potentially off TV to be together. But they don't really talk. They don't He's really 15 talk. 15 years older than her and she seems like fine with it. But <laughs> that is true. That is crazy. Um, yeah, they don't really talk. I don't I haven't caught any I haven't picked up on any information about either of them as people like I haven't heard them talk about anything about themselves, but maybe like two boring people should be together. So Abigail and Noah ended up being together in real life. Thank God. Yeah, thank I God. was so happy about this. And they put a lot of great Instagram reels on both of their accounts of them literally making out under waterfalls. I was like, oh my God, this looks so nice. And there was something about it, like that she left New York to be with him at least part-time in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I was like, so that is love. But Devin, a part of me is like, okay. I mean, all three of us are writers in LA. I feel like, don't you at times with how hard this industry is be like, Sure, I'll go marry a nurse in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That kind of sounds nice. No. Am I the only one no. who feels that way? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. I don't feel <laughs> that way. Also, why is it though? I understand why Kendall didn't want to move to be like. I, I mean, it's it's sad, but it's like that the only thing keeping them apart was the location. But I would have a very hard time leaving my life for a person who lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It right, would like, depend for me. I could do Chicago 1000%. I could do a lot of places. Um, And I do think that I always think that there was something deeper with, with Kendall and Joe, because me too. I'm just like, really? Like you couldn't make that work. I think if you really felt like this was the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you would have moved to Chicago or Joe would have like made LA work somehow. I actually like have told myself that a lot when I have to go to LA for work and I'm like, Oh, I just wish that I didn't have to be in LA to get jobs in this industry. It's so annoying. And then I'm like, well, the other option could be like someone who has to move to a place like Tulsa. I'm very happy for all the couples. I'm, I'm just excited to see who lasts. I love watching. I love the Claire and Dale drama. I, I just, I, I've never been to the, this is the first time I've even watched bachelor in paradise. And I think, and we'll get into this, um, with your year about without men, Jeannie, but I think because I've been single for a year and a half, maybe almost two years. And I have talked about how, like, I'm not really dateable right now. My life just, I don't have room for a partner right now. And I kind of am getting this like vicarious. It's sort of like when I got sober, I, I would sort of get vicariously drunk through the Jersey shore cast. And now I feel like I'm vicariously dating through these shows because you'll you'll sort of have the same internal monologue you would if you run a date. Like, why did he say that? That was so weird. Or like, maybe they don't have chemistry. Maybe they do. Or the best being like, oh, my God, they're kissing under a waterfall. Oh, my God, that looks so nice. And I feel like that satiates me. I do wish, though, I will say, like, I understand the waterfall and the Instagram of it all, but, like, I want to see, like, what they're, like, what is, what is it like when they go to the DMV? What is it like when they have to wait in, like, a really long line? Or what does grocery shopping look like? And, like, what does life really look like? And I feel like that's the part that we don't see, and it's not always the fun part, but that's why I like, like, more, like, docuseries. I like to balance it out with, Mm. like, docuseries, like, Love on the Spectrum, or even, like, Dating Around. You see, like... It's less produced and more like the actual people interacting, which I feel is also, I don't know, it's a good balance. Well, also because now that you say that, it's it's a reminder that those are the situations that kind of test couples weirdly. Like, what are you like when money is low, you know? Or what do you like when we rented a vacation house and it sucks? Or, you know, what are you like in these situations? I think that there's so much to be said for how people's attitudes run together. Now that this, now that we're going in this direction, have either of you watched Married at First Sight? I have not, but I've heard about it. It's a little more docu-style because um, it's not, there's no competition or anything. It's just like these people get married and they've never met. It's like an arranged marriage, basically, and then 
the they, this crew follows them and sets up all these things for them. Like now they're going to move in together. What's that going to be like? Now they're going to have to have like a party for the other person's family and see how that goes. And then, ha you know, stuff like that. Anyway, just give it give it a think. See if you want to engage. Uh, I'm going to give it a big old think. Yeah. We are going to take a quick commercial break and then we are going to be back asking Jeannie about her year without men. Stay tuned. I want you. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back with True Romance. Jeannie, you have a project called A Year Without Men. And Devin told me this and immediately I was interested. When did you come up with this? What prompted you? And um, can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So it was at the end of 2019, which leading in <laughs> wasn't... was Good maybe, timing, kind of. <laughs> yeah, good time. Exactly. And people have said that. And I think it was actually like the best timing for my mental health because I think like 2020 put us all under like um, uh, I don't know, a spotlight of like what we were actually dealing with and like what tools we had to like manage our lives and like take care of ourselves. Anyway, it was the end of 2019 and I went through and I had been dating. Like I've been writing about dating for a long time. Like I, I got married when I was 24, which is so young. Like we were talking about Serena and Joe earlier. And like, I just am a completely different person than I was at age 37 than I was when I was 23, 24. Like I have my own voice. Like I speak up for myself. Like that was not the case when I got married. Like I think I was looking for like a man to take care of me and to have safety in a man, which I think is a lot of like, sadly, it sounds so antiquated, but I think it's still part of the narrative. Like you were just talking oh, about, about, yes. Yeah. Like married at first sight, like our culture, like the I, marriage, we put so much fucking weight on like, sorry, I don't even know if you can swear, but yes, I feel like you guys you are really so can. clean. Please do. Please do. <laughs> But like Please. we put so much pressure on marriage and it's like, anyway, whatever. I got married when I was 24. And so my first experience, like really dating didn't happen until I was 28, 29. Mm. And it was like, okay, Cupid, like online dating. And at first when I started writing about dating, I was like coming at it from, you know, it's easy to like be cynical and like make fun of like online dating profiles or whatever. And like, sometimes you have to, cause people are not. So like I had this blog called Jeannie does the internet and I would like make fun of these like crazy messages that I would get. Love. Um, and it was really fun, but then something about like, I think it's part of growing up. Like it wasn't serving me anymore. Like it didn't feel good to make fun of someone who wrote me a message with like, 
what I thought was too many emojis. Like, oh, how disgusting. He's sending me a flower emoji. Who is this fuck? Like, honestly, like, I mean, that's not my thing. My friend used to get these flower emojis from this guy and she was like, oh my God, he sent me a flower. I'm like, he didn't send you a flower. He sent you an emoji. He literally yeah. put no effort into this. What are, why are you impressed? Yes. <laughs> he sent me a vegetable, a big fat eggplant. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? Like the things we accept is like, anyway, this is a long story to get to. The place that I was at in 2019 was I had been online dating for like five, six years, like had met some people, but I met this person who... It was like a whirlwind romance in like two weeks. I later found out it was love bombing. Like it was just like, oh my God. Like we, we met for coffee and then it turned into like an eight hour date until like, even though I thought he was like very handsome, I wanted to get away from him. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my nails done now. I'll see you later. And he was like, oh, I can go for a manicure. And so he goes and gets his nails done with me. And I think like, oh my God, this is what I've always wanted. A man who's like comfortable enough to like go get his nails done. Cause so many men, can we just say, do, can I just say, do not take care of their hands and feet. Yes. Every single one I've ever known. Yes. <laughs> it's maybe teeth you, also. We can yeah. in there. <laughs> but like, I've been scratched by men before, like not yes. in a, not in a hot like, way, not yeah. in a hot way. Like, can you trim your fingernails? Can you do that <laughs> for all of society? Anyway, Went in the state with this guy. He ends up going to get his nails done with me. And then for the next two weeks, I was like, we're getting married. Like, we spent all of our time together. And then I was at the time also drinking too much. And so I, and he was sober. And so like, I would drink too much and text him, even though like, I knew I shouldn't be doing that. But I was like using the alcohol to like, let myself do something that I knew was bad for me. Um... And that's all to say that it didn't work out. We did not get married. He ended up being a horrible person in the yeah. end. I asked for my jacket back, like when my like last time going over to his place to like hook up with him. And he was like, oh, I threw it in the LA river. <gasps> what like, the fuck? And he, this was his sense of humor. Like he thought, I know that I'm like, okay, that was either a joke, but it's like, that's what they do. They like say these horrible things. And yeah. it's like, oh, I'm funny. And that was like part of my, cause I would push back on him. Cause he'd be like, oh, he'd make fun of me. And I was like, Hey, that doesn't work for me. Like, yeah, you may talk, you may talk to your friends like that, but it doesn't, I don't appreciate being made fun of. Yeah. Um, and like my relationships with my friends, we don't make fun of each other. Like we support each other. Like there's teasing, of course. Like I think that should exist in like any relationship, but Devin, like, I, I'd like you to take note of I'm this. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm taking notes. Sorry. Go ahead. Like one of the things he made fun of me about was where I lived. And at that point, like I lived like mid city and this apartment that, you know, I had been living with a roommate before and I moved to this like 1600 square foot, like two bedroom apartment that wasn't maybe in the best neighborhood, but was gorgeous. And I felt like I have a home and I have my own space and this feels really good to me. And the first time he came over, he said something about the neighborhood and he was like making fun of me. And I was like, I finally said to him, I was like, you know what? I've worked really hard to live here and to pay my rent and to like you know, get by and you making fun of my home is not, that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. "Mm," You know, and the whole thing about like, I'm joking, like it doesn't matter. Like, right. It doesn't, the intention behind it. (laughs) It's like, you're causing me harm and I'm vocalizing that to you. Yeah. Anyway, that's all to say this guy spurred my need to eliminate alcohol. Follow up. I took like nine months off of drinking and now I will have a glass of wine every now and again. And and all that, but I eliminated alcohol and I was like, this isn't working for me. Like I've been online dating, doing this disaster (laughs) for like eight years and it's not working. So I'm going to take some time off. And I did that in the beginning of 20, it started with January 1st. And it wasn't my friend Sorry, Michael. I was... thought you were going to say it started with January sixth. Like, <laughs> yeah. So after I saw men on January sixth, it turned me off of them for a long time. Oh my god. Sorry. Te- I continue. Honestly, I would not be surprised if my ex husband was part of the, that group. Of I people. have exes as well who I would not be surprised. Yeah. But that's all to say, my friend Michael was so sweet about it. He was like, does that mean me too? And I was like, no, Michael, it does not mean you. <laughs> like, I'm not oh. just like, <laughs> get rid of like that is all really men sweet. from my life. It was so cute. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm going to take myself on dates. Because my biggest thing too with men 
is the type of men I was dating, they like couldn't plan a date to save their fucking life. And I'm like, make a dinner reservation. Like if someone made a dinner reservation, which this guy did, the LA river jacket guy, he made a reservation at a vegan restaurant. I was like, okay, like he's really got it together. And it's like, if you think about how easy that is, it is the simplest thing. But I feel like some people just do not make any effort at all that one person comes along and makes a reservation. You're like, that's it. They they gotta be my husband, whatever. I've heard someone compare it to like two people holding a couch and it's like sometimes the other person will drop the couch and you'll think that you can hold the other side of it totally, even though you just can't carry a couch that way. And that's sort of being a metaphor for a relationship. Men doing the bare minimum has been something that women have put up with for a millennium. Yeah. And like I what you were saying about love bombing, I have had that in a relationship where at the beginning was so overwhelming with like surprise dates but it's like actually that stuff wasn't that amazing you know it was like it wasn't like he was actually listening to me and understanding me in a way like that would have been more meaningful but at the time it felt like these like flashy things and then once that phase is over in kind of a narcissistic dynamic then it's like total devaluation nothingness and you're just like wait, what did then you immediately or at least I did put it on yourself like, oh, I must have done something wrong because now like all of that's gone. What happened? Um, And then also because they make you feel so like seen in those eight hour long dates like you're talking about where you're like, okay, you're divulging all this stuff and they kind of like manipulate you into feeling like you can trust them. Then when they start to like devalue you, like you're saying with the comment about like where you're living, it feels all the more painful because you're like, but this was the person who shined their light on me. And I thought like this was the person who had chosen me. And if they think this about me, it must be true because they're already dug in so deep. I dated someone who would like intimate that I was lazy, like just say stuff like, oh my gosh, of course you didn't do that in time. Or of course you didn't read that. And Jeannie, I had the same moment as you where one day it suddenly flipped and I just looked over at him and I was like, I actually work really hard. Yeah. And I remember that feeling of being like, yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, you think I don't do anything? And it's just sad to me, though, that that took a second for me to register. That at first, again, like Devin is saying, I felt like, oh, yeah, you just know me super well. Yeah, you're right. Like, I'm lazy. I don't do enough. And there's this, speaking of reductress, a great headline that was like, woman with four jobs is being super lazy or something like that. And It's like, yeah, I actually beat up on myself a lot, as do nearly all women I know. And so why am I going to invite someone else to do that? And also that's on him. Like, that's his shit. And I think that, like, who would do that? Like, I would never speak to someone like that. Like, I think it's so whatever that guy had going on, like he had pain, you know, and it's not to excuse it. But it's like, that's his shit. And he's putting it on you. But then if like, just speaking from my perspective, like I just was working with uh, this wonderful coach, her name's Karen Brown. And it's like one of my core things that I've been carrying with me for my whole life. And I think a lot of people do is what's wrong with me? Like Mm, what's wrong with me? Why, why don't I have love? Why don't I have this? Like, what is wrong with me that this person doesn't love me or this person is treating me this way. And it's like men who say stuff like that to you, like you're being lazy, like nothing's wrong with me. Something's wrong with you, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm not being lazy. Like, anyway, I just... No, that's so helpful. And I also... It it reminds me of what would I do if a friend said something like that? You know, like, why do I give this low bar for how a partner would treat me when, I, like you said, like, I would never say that to a friend. Ever. Yeah. One of my favorite aspects of the year without men idea is in the first post you have on the year without men Instagram account, which is at a year without men, by the way, you say what I mean by a year without men is that I'm going to date me for the next year, take myself on dates and little adventures that I'm always saying I would do if only I had a partner. I'm tired of not living my life to the fullest because I'm waiting for someone else to live it with me, which I love because I feel like, as you were saying, with all this emphasis on marriage that that shows like the bachelor are based around and like pretty much everything in our culture is based around. And it's become kind of this like capitalist monster of like, when are you getting married? Like they're like by a certain age. And then what are you going to do next? And like, I don't know. I even notice it weirdly. People's like relationship posts get so many likes 
more it's really weird do you know what i'm talking about like people want to like people are ready to like celebrate the union of our relationship and like and wait to see what happens next in it and like why aren't they engaged it's like this very bizarre thing um, i'm a part of that though i feel like i'm a part of the problem well, I, I, I guess we're all conditioned not, to be. Yes, exactly. Like I want to post about a relationship. I want people to think that I'm happy and in love and that, and in this really dark way that I'm like super lovable. And in fact, the thing that turned me off of it recently was seeing, um, <laughs> Elizabeth, when we did our Elizabeth Holmes episode, seeing her partner post so much about her. I was like, this is gross. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about a lot and, Jeannie, I wanted to ask about the dates that you took yourself on because mm -hmm. I do think with our emphasis on marriage, our emphasis on relationships, that we think our life will begin once blank happens. And I, I, I think that especially applies to boyfriend. I think that especially applies to having a husband. But I also think that applies to getting a certain job, um, making a certain amount of money, like getting a, a house, you know, like then my real life begins. And and it's something that I, it's a thinking rut that I get stuck in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, like daily even, you know, when will I meet the person where I can begin my life really, when, then my life starts. And there's this sense of being in a waiting room, I feel like that a lot of women could identify with sort of like <laughs> metaphorically waiting to be asked to dance. And until then, I'm just like on the bleachers hanging out. And what was it like to begin taking yourself on dates? What, how do you think that freed you mentally? Let me just start by saying, like, I had a really dramatic thought when you were talking, which is that our lives are being stolen from us in yeah. a way with that type of um, thinking yes. that when I get this job, when I have, I used to think, cause I lived in poverty for a very long time and I was taking care of my sister. And like, I thought like when I find good care for Edna and when I, you know, can pay my rent. I'm going to be happy. And it's like, life is happening right here, right now. Life is happening in the small moments. Like we're having a conversation. Does it, you know, like this is awesome. And I yeah. think like being able to be present and in the moment, it's like when we actually get to live our full lives that then inform like the relationship that we may or may not find in the future. Like, I just feel it's really a sad way to live because we're just yeah. moving through life and checking off boxes and for who and for what, like who, right. <laughs> right. like it's just so someone can see your post that you got married. It's like, okay. But like I said earlier about the, like, what's it, what is it like when you go to the DMV or the grocery store? Like I could post lovely pictures with my last relationship, but then it like, there was right. an incident that happened and no one's seeing that. And I'm not going to go on Instagram and talk about that, you know? And it's like, talk about there's a picture of your jacket in the river <laughs> also like the la river has no water so it's like you just we threw it into like a dry <laughs> ravine <laughs> it just hits it's... with like a thud <laughs> yeah. okay well oh my god i'd love for someone to post like a picture of the best moment of their relationship versus the worst moment of their relationship yes. yeah so it's yeah. like this is us like on vacation together this is um, us at dinner when he didn't stick up for me, even though his friend told me to pay more money on the check. Me smiling. Right. Right. But to, to answer your question, though, I, about like, what was it like to like start dating myself? And it's ultimately about freedom, like freedom with myself and having like the silence. I mean, I love silence so much. I just got a trip back from a trip to Mexico City and I was by myself. And I love doing whatever the fuck I want to do and not having to accommodate anyone else's schedule. And like, sometimes it can be lonely, like eating a meal by yourself, but also sometimes it can be really beautiful. And I like sitting in that discomfort is I think yeah. actually really good for your soul. And I think it's really good for your brain to be like, oh, this is different. You know, yeah. like this is something new. And also I think I realized that when I studied abroad in college that like I went to dinner by myself and I was like, I would never do this back home. Like I have to eat dinner. So I have to go by myself. But like here in LA, I don't go to like a fancy restaurant and sit alone. Yeah. Why not? But I think too, when they, when you like make a reservation and it's like just one or like when you go to auto make a reservation and it automatically says two people, mm -hmm. like why can't it just be why and, and taking out the word just it's one person going for dinner. Yeah. That's not normal. <laughs> right. You know, cause we don't do it, but it's actually really fun. Yeah. And so I wanted to put myself in circumstances that I wanted to do like surfing 
And I was always like waiting for some man to teach me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I went by myself and had, well, I did have a, I did have a man teaching me, but it wasn't like a date. <laughs> so I feel like it's different. Um, but it was so freeing and I got to know myself and what I wanted and what I had fun doing versus like having someone else determine that for me. I love that. I, I stalked you on Instagram and saw that you went to Mexico on a whim. Yeah. So can you just talk about that? Cause I, I, it sounded like someone gave you their hotel room or someone randomly had a free trip to Mexico? Yeah, no, my best friend, um, Catherine, she is a director and she has, she was shooting, um, a series for Disney Latin America and the shoot got canceled. So she was, had this hotel room booked and we were at dinner Saturday night, two weeks ago. And she's like, yeah, it's such a bummer. I have this beautiful hotel room in Mexico city and she's a new mom, new mom. And she's like, we just came back from there and they won't let me cancel it. So she's like, Hey, you should go to Mexico city. And I was like, well, I have a dentist appointment and my dog has a dentist appointment. I was like, we have, dental, dental <laughs> we have a couple's dentist appointment. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so cute? Oh, my God. So cute. You guys are like chairs next so to each adorable. other, like reading magazines. Oh, my God. That would bring me so much joy. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I can go to Mexico City. And so I just booked a plane ticket and flew down there by myself. And I was she had I asked my main thing was getting around. Cause I, I don't like taking Ubers here. I've had some really creepy Uber drivers and Lyft drivers before. I love it when it's a woman driver. Cause I just immediately feel safer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had had a private driver there. And so I found out how much it was. It was literally the most I paid each day was $55, which was crazy. The Ubers there are like $2. Um, so I hired this private driver, Miguel, who was amazing. And I felt so safe with him. And yeah, I just, my friend who was also very much like, this is why she's a director. She can like any problem that's handed to her. She's like, yep, mm-hmm, no problem. We'll fix that. We'll do this. Like she doesn't right. even think she just says yes. Mm-hmm. And then I just flew off to Mexico city and I had the time of my life. This is very inspiring. It reminds me. And I think it goes back to our topic in a way. There's a Sylvia Plath quote I like where she talks about this is a direct quote. My consuming interest in men and their lives is often misconstrued as a desire to seduce them or as an invitation to intimacy. Yet, God, I want to talk to everybody I can as deeply as I can. I want to be able to sleep in an open field, to travel west, to walk freely at night. And I think what we get from men sometimes is freedom. Like, I'm safe because, you know, this was preempted by her saying, you know, I want to be part of a scene, anonymous, listening, recording, all is spoiled by the fact that I am a girl, a female, always in danger of assault and battery. It's like, I want to be protected, literally. <laughs> I want to be safe, literally. And when you think about being with a man, it's easier to have someone stick up for you than it is to find your voice. And I think I over relied on men for this when in retrospect, what I wanted to do was find my voice, was find a way to stick up for myself. And I didn't know that my life was there for the taking for myself. (laughs) I don't mean someone was going to kill me. But I think I think you're making a really good point, though, about the safety of it all. Like something that keeps playing in my head is when I came back through um, to the U.S. through customs, the agent said to me, how long were were, were we doing in Mexico? And I was like, oh, it was the last minute vacation. He said, who are you with? And I was like, oh, it's by myself. And he was like, oh, how was that? And I was like, oh, it was, you know, fine. I felt really safe. Like I hired a private driver and, you know, I felt like really comfortable. And he was like, oh no, that's not what I was talking about. I, you know, being by yourself, like, wasn't that boring? Like, that's what I, like, how did you go out? And I was just like, God, that's such a male perspective. Like my first thought was, no, I was safe. Like I was okay. And his was, weren't you bored being alone? I want you. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan. 
on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That brings me to a quote that Devin pointed out from a Medium essay that you wrote, which was, stability isn't hanging on to someone else for dear life. It's standing on your own through the discomfort. There's that saying, two heads are better than one. Well, not if one of those heads is an idiot. Not only am I enough on my own, I am better off, which is definitely helping me (laughs) right now. (laughs) Currently, I just feel like we idolize idolize relationships and then we're in one and we want things our way or we want you know to do these things a certain way and we're stuck with another's perspective and if we don't trust or rely or or respect that attitude it is hard well and to trust ourselves and like i was saying earlier about the having the silence the alone time with yourself to like giving yourself the time to figure out what do I like? How do I want to spend my time? What makes me feel good? What doesn't make me feel good? And if you can determine that on your own, then when you do meet someone or you do go on a date, you can articulate that because it's not, you have spent the time getting to know yourself, you know? And like, that's like, I feel like that's a lifelong process. But for me, I think especially getting married so young, like I didn't really know what I liked. And I, I thought it was up to a man to like, you know, keep me safe and do all of these things. And, and ultimately like it was a huge betrayal to myself and like what am I, and my life, what I've been learning is to recognize like when I do start to betray my feelings or like not listen to my gut or that tiny voice. That's like, I don't like the way where this is going, but sometimes too, I think I try, I want to understand why something isn't working. Right. And I think something that's been very freeing for me is to just to recognize when something doesn't work, like it's not working. I don't need to explain why I don't need to, I might not know in this moment, I might figure it out later. I might not figure it out later, but in this moment, it's not working for me and I'm going to end this relationship or I'm going to like leave this restaurant (laughs) because whatever, whatever it is to like recognize it doesn't work. And that's like so freeing. You know? No, I was going to say, like, that is so helpful for me to hear because I feel like that's something I struggle with in all of my past relationships. And even in, like, non-romantic relationships where I, I am, like, obsessed with, like, figuring out why and, like, trying to control it. And I think that comes from a fear of being alone with myself, like you're talking about. Like, I've gotten to places through doing like spiritual work and therapy and stuff where I've been very comfortable being alone and like in silence with myself. But I often am not in that place. And the idea of being in silence with myself was much scarier than hanging out with an idiot. You know, like I was like, well, I'd rather have a distraction. Like I'd rather have a distraction. I'd rather do something. I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. And I was going to ask if like you've noticed specific types of triggers that that make you like want to cling to someone and not want to be alone with yourself and how you've learned to like 
treat that? Like, do you practice like meditating or is there, and are there any tips you have for that fear of being alone with yourself and how to like sit through the discomfort instead of reaching out for something else mm -hmm. or someone else? I mean, I think for me, it was really important to eliminate the alcohol in the beginning. Cause like I said earlier, like the alcohol was like, <laughs> it was getting in the way. And that was the thing that I used to reach to when I felt lonely and I felt sad. And honestly, like the image that came to me when you were asking that question is laying in bed alone. And I think like I, in my last relationship that I was in, like he was a tall, very cuddly man. And like, I loved laying in bed with him and I slept better. And it was just like, it felt really good. And now that he's not in my life, it's like, I'm alone in bed again, but it feels different. Like I cuddle my, I put my pillows around me. And so I feel like I still have a sense of something. And I remember one time my therapist said, like, get a body pillow. I still haven't done it. And she was like, not, not to sound flip, but like get a body pillow. And I will order one after this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it's like it is just genuinely sitting through the discomfort because eventually the discomfort goes away. Like, I think in sitting th through that, it is healing because there's no fix to it. It's like that relationship ended and it's sad and I have to allow myself to grieve it. And I did that. And then like something else opened up for me. You know, like that's how life works. Devin, we have to stop there because this conversation is obviously something to be savored. I don't drink and I never liked beer that much, but I have a feeling with this conversation, like some hipster men feel about like IPAs where I just want to drink it slowly. I want to enjoy it. Some people sip one glass of whiskey all through a night. And this is how I feel about this conversation. It's precious to me. I love it. I did not want to truncate it. We recorded for about two hours with Jeannie. So we are going to continue a part two with A Year Without Men next week. And I am not going to do with this conversation what I do with my Halloween candy every year, which is that I always say, OK, I'm going to savor it. Some people's Halloween candy lasts the whole year. It's true. I can do that. I can make mine last the whole year. And then eating it all in a matter of hours. I'm not going to do that with this conversation. I'm going to let it last. I'm so excited. I'm so honored that was willing to be so vulnerable with us. And I, I've never, um, I've known her for a while, but I've never heard so many parts of her story. I really think that she is, has such a helpful perspective and I'm so excited for her to continue sharing it with us next week. So stay tuned. See y'all there. Love you, Carol. Love you, Devin. Bye. All I ever wanted was a little love I want true romance, it's true True romance, it's so romantic Love me baby, don't leave me hanging I want true whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids playroom or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.